Good morning, Sheila. How are you doing today? Wayne, I'm doing really well. How about yourself? I am doing excellent. I had a great walk. It was sunny. It's hot. I love it. <laughs> okay. Well, for what it's worth, if my voice disappears, it's because it's also allergy season. Oh, okay. Well, good. Then I will get right to it then. Okay. Great. <laughs> and welcome, everyone, to all our listeners to 27 Minutes with Sheila and Wayne, where we talk about communication skills and verbs as we are attempting to change the world in a positive manner, one verb at a time. And Sheila, guess what? I give guess up what? This is episode number 70, seven zero. Seven zero. How Good about for that. Uh, that's that's I've I've enjoyed every single one of them with you, Wayne. And I'm like you. Good for us, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say it, but you almost I was got thinking there. it. I was you thinking, thinking it. it. But so I'll say it. Good for okay. us. And we are entering our our fifth season. Okay. And we have 14 countries who have listened to at least one of our podcasts. Okay. How about that? That's <laughs> Outstanding. I love it. And Sheila, what is our verb for today? Today's verb is to identify. And I've got two ah. definitions. You will have many more. Uh, <laughs> the first is to establish or indicate who or what something or someone is. And the second is to associate someone closely with something. Ah, and I only have four. And the first one okay. is very close to what you said. You said established, but mine is to recognize someone or something and say yeah. or prove who or what that person is or okay. thing is. Great. To recognize a problem, need, fact, ah. etc. Ah, and to show that it exists. I'm like, oh, yes. And two more to feel and say that you belong to a particular group of people. Okay. And the last one. To find and be able to describe someone or something. Okay. How about that? Yes. All right. And with you, with when we picked the word identify last week, where were you? Were you excited about it? Were you were, uh, concerned? What was going on? You know, I was a little bit neutral. Um, one of the rules that we established for our podcast here is that we don't get into politics. So I thought, well, how can that word be used without getting into politics? But <laughs> I have found so much good information about it. Excellent. Yes. And my initial thought was, uh, let's see, I my initial thought was, wow, this verb presents a narrowing effect. As, ah. the, as though I was isolating someone or something to the lowest common denominator. Oh. And then I said, and this verb is exciting to me as it has many positive and some negative ways to discuss. Yes. And, and as I was doing the research and I said, in 27 minutes, it's just not long enough. To not long enough. That. Not long enough. But hey, I do have a quiz question that we'll answer at the end of the show. Oh, okay, good. Because I don't. What's yours? Okay, okay. So uh, we know that and there's been controversy about this, but when we're talking specifically about coding sequence sequence genes, we know that humans have about 20,000 to 25,000 coding sequencing genes. So the question is, how many genes do humans, what percentage of our genes do we share with bananas? Wow. So, okay, I'll answer that at the end of our show. Okay, bananas and us, huh? Right. What okay. percentage of coding sequencing genes do we share? We share, yes. Excellent question. Okay. I can't, I can't wait. Is it the end yet? Because I want to hear the answer. <laughs> nope. We've got a few more minutes because we got to talk about other things first. So you start. <laughs> okay, I'll start. And what I came up with, I said, all right, now looking at the one 
definition to feel and say that you belong to a particular group of people. I said, hmm, okay, I, I think I know what that means because I was a Boy Scout. I was a high school sports guy, so I wore the name of our high school on my shirt. Um, I was on many teams. I've been in many groups. Uh, I'm a Mason. How about that? Uh-huh. And so, you know, understanding all of that, I said, all right, now, where can I go with that? And I said, I could come up with examples of groups, not like I just mentioned, but mm -hmm. different kinds of groups. So I've got examples of being an individual, ah. examples of relationships with Identify in it, leaders, sports teams, misconceptions, ah. med medical, law enforcement, and communications. And, and, and I think I'm going to start with misconceptions. Okay. Because I liked that. Um, I, as, I, as you know, I was in the military for a little while, <laughs> 20, yes. 22 years. Okay. <laughs> and I've been in many countries. And I remember I went to this one country and all the individuals, all the American friends that I had who had been there said, hey, you're going to feel isolated because everybody knows who you are. And there's only five American families that live there. So you're going to be oh. you know, number five of five. And they didn't know Wayne Applewhite they very didn't well. Know Wayne Applewhite, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and they told me that, yeah, and the people are, they're, you know, they know who you are because they're always looking at, our, at us. And, okay. and when you're driving by, they stare. And I said, huh. So they gave me a misconception that mm -hmm. the country they were not friendly to Americans mm -hmm. and they noticed us and that meant that they could separate themselves from us. And I said, I, you know what? I, mm, okay. I'm going to do some. It didn't take me long to realize mm -hmm. how wrong my friends were. Good. I realized, yes, everyone in that country stared at me as I drove by. Mm -hmm. And then I said, but they're not looking at me. They're reading my tires. <laughs> because in that in that country they all had black wall tires. There was no raised letters with the white, you know, lettering oh. on it. And so I'm driving down with, you know, either Wrangler or Pirelli or uh, Mitsubishi, um, um, Michelin on my tires. They're reading my tires. They weren't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have on occasion read people's tires, but generally when they're stationary in the parking lot. Yeah, and 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 every time we would pass, I would pass by somebody, you know. People in the front seat would point and people in the back would look. And <laughs> I, so I said, I, I can see where the misconception is that they don't like us or they're, or they're, they're always pointing. Like, no, they're looking at my tires. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yes. And, and the last part of that is they also say, well, they're unfriendly because they're always, they have these scowls on their faces. Every time you're walking down the, the, the neighborhood, they're always have these scowls on their faces. And they look like they're just, ah. You're just angry mm. all the time. Mm. And I noticed that. Um, and then another another epiphany I had, I said, huh, they're not scowling at me. They're scowling because now every day I would see the same individuals. I used to walk just for exercise, but I would right. see the same individuals going to the store because they were buying their fresh bread. Uh -huh. Because unlike us, they didn't have all these preservatives and all these pesticides right. and stuff. And and they bought 
freshly made bread every day. Mm. Well, guess what? This country where I was in during the winter, it was cold. They were just miserable because they were outside <laughs> walking in the cold to the store. <laughs> and who's and, to blame them? And it, Right. And the unfriendly part I noticed was not necessarily true as well because I wave and talk to everybody. Of course. And and it didn't matter. And so I'm in a different country. I'm trying to learn their language. And as I pass by them, I say good morning, good afternoon, or good evening in trying to say that in their language. Mm -hmm. And they'll look at me like, you know, who are you and why are you talking to me? And finally, <laughs> I, I identified one time where this couple was about a block away from me. And it was a guy and a lady. And I think the lady was from out of town or somewhere okay. because I noticed the guy take his elbow and he jabbed the lady and she turned and looked at him and he said something to her and she looked up. They both looked up at me and they both waved. And what he said, ah, was, yeah. what he said was, okay, you got to watch that. This guy's going to speak to us. So let's, let's wave first. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get him. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, with kindness. Exactly. So that's my two two stories of misconceptions and identifying that, you know what, I, I, I think I got to the root cause and found out really what was happening. Yeah, so, good job. Ha, anyway, okay, what, what would you like to offer us? Two things I first thought of when exploring this word were identifying your strengths and weaknesses as individuals in the workforce and also uh -huh. your company's strengths and weaknesses. So I'm going to say some names that you know by heart because ah. you've been in leadership training for so many years. Uh, Myers-Briggs Type Indicator. Ooh, I know DISC them. Personality Test. I know that. StrengthsFinder 2.0. I know that one too. How the World Sees You. Oh, no. That's a new one. And Beat Plans <laughs> Quiz is another one for people who want to start their own business. And here's the big one, SWOT analysis. SWOT analysis, this S-W-O-T, yes. Exactly. Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. So I'm not going to go into much more on those except that they're fun and they can be really great group uh, exercises and can help you uh, identify for yourself what – your, what your career goals could be and if you want to tweak things. So um, so, so that's as much as I'm going to say about that. <laughs> okay. And, and you know what I'm going to do? What? I'm, going to, I'm going to cross that off of my list. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, figured, I knew you had to have said stuff about Because that. I had strengths and weaknesses on there. So those are gone. So thank you for, thank you for taking those. <laughs> Certainly. And I do have a quote. I will say just one more thing. Related to a SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, Opportunities, opportunities and threats. And this is a quote from someone named Dave Barry. Okay. And he said, if you had to identify in one word the reason why the human race has not achieved and never will achieve its full potential, that word would be meetings. Ooh. <laughs> so weaknesses Ooh. in the SWOT yeah. analysis reduce the number of meetings. Yes. Okay. If I may. Yes. I will go down and I will look at what I came up with relationships because as I was okay. peruse, as I was perusing the internet and all kinds of other books and things that I have on my shelves, mm -hmm. um, I continued to look at relationships. And typically the, the first things that most individuals look at are, you know, a pretty face, handsome face. Okay. That's that catches their eye most of the times immediately. Okay. Sometimes other things, but that one. 
And as I was doing the research, it said, you know, but once you get beyond the face, now you have to find out if you what have things in common. You have to identify what you like, what they like, or what they don't like. Mm -hmm. And sometimes just because it's a pretty face doesn't necessarily mean that you're a good fit. That's true. <laughs> and when you identify that, then they said, then you start at a different place to measure whether you think the relationship will go forward or not. And you have gone, you, you don't even care much now about the pretty or the handsome face, but it is, do they like sports? Do they like going to restaurants? Mm -hmm. Do they like dancing? Um, and so as you get into what, so what that does is it identifies that you need to do something different. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not just looking, it is now communicating. Okay. And I, I thought, how cool was that? So yes. Yay. Yay. And with groups, do I identify positively in what the group stands for? Ooh. And, mm. and I look on the news now and we, we, we see all this activity that's um, not necessarily nice. And you wonder, I wonder, if people identified what this group was doing, would they really be take part in that? Mm. And I said, sometimes I think you just get caught up in the moment, and then all of a sudden you I, you realize, uh-oh, <laughs> this is not where going where I thought it was going, and maybe right. I should distance myself from this group. But again, those are things we need to identify earlier on before we find ourselves in a bad situation, just mm -hmm. associate, you know, just guilty by association. Mm -hmm. So yes. Anyway. Thank you. Yes, Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> and what's next for you? I went down a, um, a, a long and winding path and uh -huh. I'm going to try to summarize it. Okay. Um, at first of all, the headlines are full of of uh, requests to, for people to help identify cold case murder victims and to identify the remains. And uh, in 2018, they, they were estimating there are 100,000 people around the world listed as missing. Mm. So just uh, in the last couple of years, Interpol has uh, started an operation, uh, something called Operation Identify Me. Now, Inter Interpol is the international police organization, which includes 195 countries, and they share data and technical support with each other. And the United States is one of those 95 countries. But Operation Identify Me identifies 22 women in Belgium, Germany, and the Netherlands who have been um, unidentified for, in some cases, 10 to 40 years. Mm. And within the first week of presenting this, they had 200 calls in uh, to help try to identify some of these people. Wow. Now, so then I started, th oh, and they also, Interpol has started something called iFamilia, which identifies missing persons globally through family DNA matching. Uh -huh. So then I started thinking about, um, have I ever submitted my DNA for any kind of research project? Um, and I would think on the one hand, that's kind of rare. But then I realized I have submitted mine to Ancestry uh, 20 or no, 23andMe, which is an Ancestry data. I've been particip I've participated in um, uh, 
genetic testing for a specific disease that I had, Hmm. um, as has my husband for one of his. And um, then I found out that, in fact, all babies born in hospitals in the U.S. are genetically tested for disorders uh, with a prick on their heel, the little, a little blood drawn from their heel. Mm-hmm. So then I started thinking, who owns this data? Um, does 23andMe, do I own it, my DNA data? Does 23andMe own it? Mm-hmm. Um, can they share it with third, party, uh, um, third parties with or without my permission? So this has become a really big deal, and there have been lawsuits <laughs> about this too. But uh-huh. basically, in my head, the reason for sharing DNA is to in, identify victims, uh, to help prevent disease and promote health, uh, to measure uh, my risk for being in a certain disease. Those mm-hmm. are the positive reasons. The negative reasons would be if something was found, you could be turned down for insurance if that information was shared. Yes. Um, you can be um, presumably biased against because of uh, for uh, civil under civil liberty challenges, um, okay. misidentified. You, you, you know, but basically, um, it's it's a question that 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 people haven't thought deeply about either when they started DNA banks or as they've progressed. Who owns it? And who can access it? So that was a fun little path I took about <laughs> identifying myself and yourself well, with your DNA. And that's why the quiz question. And thanks for sharing that because, wow, that's that was a very lengthy and in-depth research you did there. It yes. was interesting to me, yes. And, and, and if, if we mirror that with social media, mm. you, you might think people might start to ask themselves questions like, ooh, do I really want people to know what I'm eating every day? <laughs> or, or well, that, yes, I think people want to know what I'm eating every day. Or, or that I'm not at home again um, so that I, somebody can go in and do nefarious yes. things into my house, you know. Uh, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. I, I think we might start asking those kinds of questions, yes. I, I would think. Anyway, I would think yes. Sheila, Wayne. Where, where can our listeners find you? They can find me on my website, which is zekeandsheila.com. Alternately, if they have feedback that they want to provide, good or bad, they can contact me through your email address, oh! Wayne. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and my email address is wayne at mindsinking.com. My website is www.mindsinking.com. And please send us your comments, send us your feedback, yes. send us your requests for verbs. And, yes. and, <laughs> and and let us know if you have concerns about sharing DNA. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> How cool. Another category that I have. Yes. Is leaders. And so as I was looking at leaders, I said, I said hmm, what do leaders identify? And I said, you know, it's not just leaders, it's anyone, but Particularly, it's important for leaders to identify things like this. They need to identify priorities. So the workforce knows really what's important, what we need to work on now, tomorrow, mm-hmm. and the next day, as right. opposed to wasting our resources working on something today that's not a priority. Right. <laughs> they need to identify dollars to spend towards the effort. And so we're talking about budgets. You know, got have, to have a budget. Mm-hmm. You have to say, and this money is is slated to work on this, and this money is for this purpose, and this money is for that purpose. Leaders need to identify individuals to work in specific positions. Yes. 
Yes. And they need to identify individuals that are up and coming superstars because we should all be looking at succession planning, shouldn't we? Yes, we should. Yes. Who's going to replace the void that 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 um, Roman is going to vacate here? I need somebody to t- replace Roman. Who is that? I don't know. If you if you haven't started looking early, um, mm-hmm. you could be stuck. That's right. Leaders need to identify individuals that are above average. They need to identify individuals that are mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> and they need to identify individuals that they need to let go. Yes. Otherwise, we're talking about a drain on the on the organization because if if we have too many mediocre workers and not enough above average workers, boy, the whole process is slowed down and our competition wins. Yeah. <laughs> well, and sometimes uh, someone who's a mediocre worker, once their strengths and weaknesses are identified, uh, might just be in the wrong position. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, Do you have an example of that? No, that never happened to me. That never happened to you? Okay, yes, because you always, I know you were always on the superstar list, I know. Of course, goes without saying. Also, leaders need to identify challenges Mm -hmm. across the organization. They need to identify problems, solutions, identify alternatives, And they also need to identify the failures. And why do they need to do those things? Because they need to be able to rebound, bounce back, put the, identify the right individuals to work on those projects to get Mm -hmm. them towards success. Right. Yes. And I don't want to take all, all of our time. I will, I will, I will yield to my co-host here, Sheila, what's next for you? It's a very deep topic here. There are phone apps for everything. Yes. To identify everything. You can identify plants, fish, planes, birds, bird calls, soups, or excuse me, songs. I suppose you could identify soup as well. <laughs> Trees, coins, be, uh, bugs, antiques, wine. Uh, but oh, w- w- cautionary warning, don't use the plant phone apps to identify food you're going to eat in nature because their accuracy ranges from 4% up to 90%. Really? So you can still poison yourself. <laughs> Some of this technology is new. And one thing I've never tried, Google Lens, and they are not promoting our podcast here, supposedly can identify almost everything, except people. People are not in these. Your okay. phone can use facial identity only for your face, though. You know, our so, phones do so many things, don't they? They do. Yes, that can identify with your fingerprint. You can turn around with your fingerprint. You can turn around with your face. So have you ever thought if you were to pass away in an alley, could someone open your phone with your hand or your face? This is the kind of thing that doesn't keep me up at night, but I think about sometimes when I'm walking my dog. Okay. <laughs> and you know what? You're talking about phones because I every day now, one, you know, not one out of, I don't know the numbers, but out of 10 individuals, there is typically a number that always either has their hand on their phone, mm-hmm. clutching it while driving or clutching it while walking, because mm-hmm. I see people talking and walking, running and walking, yeah. or this. And many years ago, this wasn't just with phones, this was with radios and water bottles and things. I can always tell 
an individual who typically ran with because I was I I I, I ran track. I yes. guess tell someone who typically ran with an object in their hand hmm. because they hold it and maneuver it a different way oh. when they're running in a race and they don't have that object. But their oh. muscle their muscle memory remembers, no, when I'm carrying my water bottle, I can only swing my arm this far. And and you can see it and they're off balance. And I'm like, oh hmm. Okay. So they're not getting their full range of motion here. And it's because that right arm, that left arm is not utilizing the potential that it has because it's compensating for something that you typically have. That was so smart of you to identify what was the cause of that running challenge. I don't know if it was smart to identify it, but I did identify it. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> much like the medical or medical groups, they identify things. They identify ailments and problems and reasons for our, our sicknesses. Um, they identify things to help us get better. Woo, yay. yay. Law enforcement, like you suggested earlier, yes. um, they identify the suspect. They identify the motive. They identify the, you know, the family. They identify the, the oh, witnesses. These, mm -hmm. The witnesses, exactly. Mm -hmm. They identify the things that need to be returned, yay, to make it a happy ending. Um, and I'm looking at the clock and it's 2513. So if you don't mind, I'm going to jump to my last jump one. Jump to your last one. Go for I it. I have several others, but I'm going to jump to my last one. And here's what I really want to get across from identifying. Communication is the best way to identify things. And here's what I'm talking about. We hear all these individuals with um, mental, all of us, have some kind of mental emotions going on at some point in time. Okay. Doesn't matter how, how extreme or how minute, but we, we all have gone there. But if we listen long enough, if we ask the right questions, if we sit down really and empathize with the individual, again, listening, we can probably identify the other person's burden or their reasons for their excitement. Mm -hmm. We just have to take the time to do that and identify that we are all different. No one is just like someone else. Mm -hmm. And just because you have this problem doesn't mean that this person has a problem. Um, you, you know what? I, I, I see these quotes all the time and I, I, I smile because it says, if you think you're having a bad day, take a look at this individual. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. With that, I will turn it over to you, my friend. For your for your last couple thoughts before we close. Well, I do want to answer the all important quiz question, which Aha. is yes, bananas. Wh what percentage of coding sequencing genes do we have in common with bananas? Twenty five percent. Over sixty percent. Over sixty percent. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so next time you eat a banana, think about that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Over 60% of bananas and I have things in common. Okay, Genetic yay. Code in common. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So one real quick question, too, not related to anything we've discussed today. Uh-huh. In 2009, I remember reading this article in the Weekly World News, which is 10 signs to identify if your coworker is a space alien. Ah, okay. Do they display a change of mood or physical reaction when near high-tech hardware? Ooh. 
that's one of the one of the ways. I'm not going to go into too many details, <laughs> but uh, but there you have it. Something to be thinking about. Yes. Okay. And Sheila, I'm looking. It's 2745. I think that probably we're going downhill from here, and it's time to say thank you for listening. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. <laughs> Bye-bye. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye, Bye-bye. for episode number 71. 71. <laughs> Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks, Sheila. Thanks, Wayne.